0: Yins, guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is September 11th. Count them. The Bucks have eight games coming up this week. We're going to take a look at some of our ridiculous predictions and how they're going for this season. Uh, We're also going to take a look at the Pirates' most talked about players, uh, probable MLB debut this week, and share some thoughts on the rules announced for 2023 my name is josh and i'm joined as always by my brother jake what's up jake
1: oh man just getting ready for this big move this week
0: big big move
1: It is a big one
0: uh how packed are you
1: uh i would say at least a quarter
0: (laughs) and you're moving thursday
1: (laughs) maybe a little more
0: all right well We'll get there. You'll get there, and, you know, everything's just going to be fine. So yep. that's how it goes. I know that, like, we. I mean, we moved across town, but it's not easy. No, Sometimes I think not. it's easier to do a far move because you just know that every single thing needs in a box.
1: Pretty much. Yeah.
0: And I know when we moved like a big move where we were like, we can't just drive back and forth. Like it seemed a little bit easier. We also had a lot less things.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and we're throwing a lot of stuff away. We're oh, not taking everything. No doubt. We've probably, I want to say 12 to 15 bags of garbage have already gone to the garbage.
0: Yeah. is that crazy I think
1: about seven or eight bags of just clothes being donated. We're just—it's—it's just too much. You have to. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, speaking of trash, (laughs) the Pirates are officially (laughs) eliminated from the postseason race. Yeah, this is a bad segue, guys. I'm sorry. Officially, it is official. And that's the wild card race. We've been out of, out of the division race. <laughs> There's three teams yeah. out of our division race already. But
1: There's four, just not mathematically. Ooh,
0: okay. Okay, well, we're going to get into that because uh, neither one of us picked St. Louis. Nope. To win. Um, so we're going to get into some of those things. And uh, it's not the end of the season, but we're going to take a look at them anyway because we, we see what things are actually still possible. And then probably at the end of the season, we probably won't. We'll probably be like, eh. <laughs> we already know. We'll just, you know, we'll cherry pick them and yeah. tell you the ones that we got right or something. We'll figure It'll something out. It'll be a short out. list. It'll be a short list. It always is. That's the always whole thing is. about predictions. So just, um, I don't know, like a month ago, you asked me about a prediction and you said, does holes hit 700? And without blinking an eye, I said, yeah, of course he does. Because the great ones always figure out a way. right? So then this morning, we were actually together this morning. Um, this morning I said, if if Pujols is up and the game's on the line. Now I did mention that he had 699 home runs in this scenario. Do you pitch to him? And you said, you have to because we're not in the playoff race. Yeah. So you have to pitch to him. And that the scenario came up today where first base was open and we could have put him on. And we pitched to him, and we lost. (laughs) (laughs) So, 697 home runs for Albert Pujols.
1: Sitting alone at number four now.
0: Yep. And three pretty massive names sitting above him.
1: Yeah. None of which he has the chance to catch.
0: No. Not even close. Not even close. The 714 is so far. I mean, like, he would have to play another year. Yeah, and I think he's already said he's not right. Right, he yeah. said it at
1: the beginning of the year.
0: But seven hundred is well within reach. He just needs mm-hmm. three. He's got what three weeks to do it, and he's playing a lot right now
1: because he's hitting a lot. Because
0: he's hitting a lot, and they're keeping Goldschmidt healthy by making by allowing Pulhos to play first. So I mean, aside of a a, a Pulhos injury or something, he gets to seven hundred. Yeah, he still gets what three more games at PNC Park. That's three more home runs. (laughs) (laughs) He's at least guaranteed for one home run in that last weekend. Or that last week. I guess it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But he's guaranteed for at least a homer in that series. Yep. But, hey, there were some moves this week. Sunday, Colin Holderman transferred to 60-day DL, claimed Peter Solomon from the Astros. This is the weird part about this, is there's some claims happening right now by the Pirates on guys probably not going to be here so just kind of moving into the offseason with these 40-man roster spots and, you know, other players, catcher Zach Collins um, and another pitcher, Junior Fernandez from St. Louis. Um, I don't see the Peter Solomon where he's at. Is he even on the 40-man? I would thought that that's why Colin Holderman was transferred, but either way, I don't know. Hoy Park yeah. uh, recalled from Indy. Because Josh Van Meter was designated for assignment this week. We have not done this in a while.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's almost moot at this point, though. My goodness.
0: Well, but they brought up Hoy Park, which is another guy that has a chance to be DFA'd in the offseason because they're going to need to protect some guys. And I think it was... We talked about this. Josh Van Meter is barely playing. So if you call up somebody in his spot, he's going to barely play. So it almost made sense just to keep him. But now Hoy Park kind of yeah. fills that same role.
1: Yeah, I, I was I was nervous there for a minute because it was right after we said that he hadn't been getting playing time. He he got a start and he came up with a big hit in a spot. I can't remember what it was. I was like, yeah, it was like oh, a great. double RBI double. Yeah. RBI double late in the game. And I'm like, now he's going to get more playing time. (laughs) And then like the next day he was DFA'd.
0: Yeah. Cam view also DFA'd as part of the, as part of the waiver claims from my understanding. Um, The two guys that were claimed, the two spots were cam view and Josh van meter. Hoy park was already on the 40 man. So that was just a active roster spot. So Mm -hmm. Eric Stout was up for the double header and back down Dylan Peters, Sent to a rehab assignment, Cam View and Josh Van Meter. Officially sent to Indy yesterday, Saturday. And sources are saying today that uh, Luis Ortiz is getting called up. Pirates number 30 prospect on the pipeline on Baseball America. He's ranked as number 22. Just threw six no-hit innings on Friday. The 8th, yeah. That's better. Whatever day that was, Uh, it was Thursday, the 8th. He threw six no hit innings, two hits, um, or two runs, but no hits. (laughs) Right. ERA is kind of up, but like he, his strikeout to walk ratio, yeah, he's given up some home runs, but his strikeout to home run, uh, yeah, strikeout to walk ratio is really good. Yeah. And he's already 120 innings, he's 23. This is probably, um, I would imagine he's a one of those Rule Five guys that we talked about before. Baseball America lists him as the most improved pitcher on the Pirates. So,
1: yeah, kudos. We should see early. a
0: debut this week, and that's really cool. Yeah. And we'll get yeah, into that number. Week. We'll get into that number later. But yeah. um, he would be due to pitch as far as Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He would be due to pitch on Tuesday, and we just so happen to have a double header on Tuesday. So this could be a, you know what? Come get a start. Yeah. And I'll send you back down, but it could just be a come get a start kind of a thing. Right. Never know. All right. So let's kind of get into these things. So one more time before we, before we kick in, we're going to talk a little O'Neal Cruz right now. Um, I may touch a little bit on Mitch Keller if there's time. And then later we'll get into those predictions that we talked about and rule changes that were announced this week that they voted on and got pushed through. So those are the kind of things that that we're going to be talking about today. And I want to start with O'Neal Cruz. Um, This is why I said in the opening, the most talked about players. If Mitch Keller and O'Neal Cruz were not the most talked about players of 2022, um, then challenge me by telling me who is. Uh, To be honest with you, I think Josh Van Meter probably gives them a run for their money. In a completely yeah. different light, but I really, I really can't think of of any other guys as far as pitchers or or hitters who've been talked about more. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. with the
0: off season stuff of Mitch Keller, and then you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And he struggled, and then then now, I guess I'm to talk about Mitch Keller first because he's good now. Yeah, this has been yeah. consistent starts. He should have won another game today. Mm-hmm. That's all I really had to say. I have I have been very reluctant to say that yeah. and watch his next outing. If his next outing, it goes bad, and then he bounces right back, then it was just a bad outing, and that's normal. It doesn't have right. to be – like, it's already been consistent. Right. Yeah. He had the one deal in this huge mix of things. Dude, his ERA is down to 401. He is almost in the threes in ERA, and his season looked like it was going down the tube.
1: Yeah, it was bad.
0: I mean – do I still have this? Because I mean, because now we're here. He had a 662 ERA through his first four starts, a 519 ERA in May. And then it goes to 410 in June, 261 in July, and then 470 because of like really just two outings in August. And then now his last two starts and his two September starts against two first place teams, mind you. As a matter of fact, his last four starts have been against first-place teams. I don't know if the Mets were in second place when he made the start, but Mets and Atlanta are those two starts. And he's given up two runs, two runs, zero runs, zero runs against teams that are first or second place because Milwaukee was one of them. Mm-hmm. And and the Atlanta one was the – it's only two earned runs, but that was the seven runs in just three innings Yeah, right after the two-inning outing against Boston. And it was like, oh, maybe not. And then he bounced right back and has been good through three games. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Let's go on O'Neill Cruz because that's another thing that needs to be updated because we've been talking a lot, you know, and, and the and the the most common reply is, oh, he hit that 117 miles an hour. And the very first tweet or one of the first five tweets that are a response to, to the Pirates saying he hit one over 100 miles an hour is, maybe he should try to hit over 200. <laughs> maybe the the velo doesn't matter as much as his batting average, right? And these are things that are being said, and that's fine. And I, and I haven't commented on those because I'm like, no, they're right. Like, he needs to hit the ball. Yeah. He's been hitting the ball. His average yep. is still down. He's still sitting at 227, but not too long ago, we were under the Mendoza line. Yeah. Last seven games, he's hitting 400. That includes today's 0 for 4. Last 15, 317 average. And his OPS is still over 1,000 for his last 15 games. Last 30 games, this is where the struggling had stopped in the midst of this. 237, 775 OPS. So you can see in a two-week span, it has changed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Something's clicked.
0: In September, which I think is nine games so far that he's played, Mm -hmm. 368, uh, 1,148. How do you say that? One point okay. over a thousand sure. OPS. Yeah. Five of those nine games were multi hit games. Six of yeah, his last eleven, like, multiple hits. He had
1: like back hits. to back like back-to-back three hit games, didn't
0: he? Um one was two hits, and the other one was three hits. Oh, okay. But he had but the game before the three hit game, he had hit a home run. Gotcha. So Nine RBIs that in ball, nine games.
1: He doesn't even have to get, like, really good swings off. No, no. Because he was off balance and flicked the ball out of the stadium. Yeah. Into the river. Like Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at it. It's very it's close to a one hand. He, he almost made contact with one hand on the bat. Yeah. And it was out of the stadium.
1: It's just crazy.
0: The guy's a freak. Mm-hmm. We already know that. all the tools are there and they're freakish tools. The fact that he has the speed to go along with the arm and the power and the fact that he really defensively, his throws are what's, uh, are what's shaky about his shortstop, not his fielding. Right. (laughs) So when, when you're looking at that, you're saying, well, can he handle short, it's literally just the throw. The throw mm-hmm. is a problem no matter where you're playing. Right. And yeah. the and Could the arm imagine? strength is there.
1: Could you imagine it's it's like uh an up close, say you're shooting a target and you miss by a quarter of an inch, and then you take that target and move it back another 150 feet, and now you're off by like six inches. How far off would his throws be if he was in the outfield?
0: Yeah, I mean the difference is is most of the time you're hitting a cut. The cut can move, so it's really not as not big an of a arm deal. Like that, you're not hitting. Yeah, that's a good point. He doesn't <laughs> have to hit a cut.
1: That's Ichiro's style, man. Yeah, Ichiro don't need a cut. But I just you know I, I don't know. That's just something I, I thought about with yeah his arm's good for the outfielder. Sure, it's strong enough, but
0: yeah, if it's you, not
1: accurate to first. It's not going to be accurate to a uh, base from further you get away. a different
0: you get a different approach though. I mean, you I do. played outfield in high school. And I mean, I I rarely threw the ball away from the outfield. You know what I'm saying? Like that sure. just it, you you have a better like you've got better balance. You're not you're not throwing off balance very much. You're gonna field the ball. You're gonna get balanced. You're gonna make your throw, and it's gonna more times than not, it's gonna go where you want it to go. You know what I mean? At least within yeah. the vicinity. And and the thing is, is if you're throwing from the outfield, you're throwing at a base where a guy generally should be safe. You know what I mean? So if yeah. you throw it a little bit off and I have to reach for it and then come back with the tag and he's safe, you might say, oh, man, if that was online, he probably gets him. But you're not saying, like, what a terrible throw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where if right. you make the first baseman come off of first base in any way, <laughs> it's an error. Yeah. It's not an error on the throw from the outfield when a guy's trying to get one extra base Right. On a hit, so it's a little bit different because of the, like, the expectation. A ground ball is short that you field good, I expect you to just hit the first baseman in the chest, <laughs> and yeah. that's just not the case. And Michael Chavis, like, I don't, I, I it's hard to say Cruz owes him uh, some dinners, but <laughs> just because Chavis makes more money than he does. <laughs> But seriously, it's almost like, you know, the, the, the athleticism and the tools are freakish Yeah, and all we've been waiting for is like an extended sample size of him putting those things to use. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, dude, I've got tools in my garage that I am not skilled at using. You know what I mean? And so you just want to make sure the dude, the tools are there. There's no doubt. Are they fun to talk about? A hundred percent fun to talk about. Yeah. Are they freakish? And and like that's the thing is, the people that get bent out of shape, the people are amazed by what he's doing. No, no, no. It's absolutely amazing. But the verdict is still out on what type of player he will be. And I mm-hmm. think it was a couple of weeks ago when I said he's not Julio Rodriguez stuff. He's not this unbelievable like guarantee and i still say that but at the same time if he puts it together he very well has the potential to be that yeah there have been games this week and the pirates are are playing really bad right now and there are games they're in where you're like uh but as far as wins and losses aside from how they're winning and losing as far as wins and losses they're losing a lot of games yeah and somehow he's put himself in position like three, four, five times to say, no, no, because of that, we have a chance to win this game. The home run just the other night, like he breaks the tie, and you're like, we actually, like we can win this game now because of this. Mm -hmm. And then we end up blowing it, but the point is, is he changed it at one point, and that's what he has the ability to do. Yeah. All right. Anything else on O'Neill Cruz?
1: I mean, I think we've touched on it.
0: I think we've touched it. We're going to we're going to take a little bit of an early break today and then we're going to get into these next two things. And yeah, that's it, right? We're going to get into these things. We're going to talk about rule changes and those things and the things that are actually in and kind of maybe our thoughts on that and then also touch on a few of our predictions for the year and see where we're at with those. And let's see if I can not fumble the break here cuz you know I like to do that. <laughs> Be right back. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at bridge, the number two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. Swearingen Bat Company is Ohio's premier wood bat company, specializing in custom wood bats to meet any need from T-ball to senior league. Check out their website at swearingenbaseball.com. Link is in the show notes. Twitter and Instagram at Swearingen Bats. You can also find them on Facebook. Swearingen Bat Company, that's swearingenbaseball.com. Let them know you heard it here. And we're back. Bridge to October podcast, September 12th on release of this. We're almost there, almost to the end of the year. And then yep. our off-season discussions begin and it's rosters, it's rules and all that stuff. But we got a little taste of the rules today, this week, rather, this week.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: Mentioned some, when was this actually? September 9th. So this was Friday. They, they kind of announced this. Um, they've agreed on three, right? We've got pitch timer, we've got defensive alignment, uh, restrictions uh, or limits, and we've got bigger bases because we got bigger players, right? Is that why? Yeah. No, no, not, not at all. Okay. Um, one of the things I did read about this uh, was that of the, what, 10 people there, four of them are actual players. They all voted against the pitch timer and the defensive shifts, and yet here we are. Yeah. So, this is going to be fun. Theo specifically said that these are geared for the fan.
1: (laughs) I thought that was an interesting choice of words. Yeah. I don't think any fan ever went, man, we need bigger bases.
0: Well, yeah, and (laughs) so the bases, I I would assume that's one of the things that, well, yeah, yeah. We'll start with the bases. <laughs> because you said that, we'll start with the bases, okay? Okay. That Right now, they're 15 inches. They're yeah. moving them to 18 inches square. Right. So, from home to first, you get another inch and a half. But from, like, first to second, second to third, you're going to get four and a half inches because they're on the line.
1: Yeah.
0: Which means that the first baseman has an extra four and a half inches and he won't run... Maybe the hitter won't run into him as much. So they're really pushing the safety thing on this. The thing when they say... And, the, and I think you and I will probably disagree on this. But when they say, oh, it's going to make base stealing go skyrocket up. I just don't think that four and a half inches is going to change. It's going to change whether they're safe or out. I believe that. Because a lot of the plays are that close. Yeah. I just don't know... That it will really increase the attempts because analytics are analytics. And a lot of them say that it's a risk that's not worth taking.
1: Yeah, and I get that. And I'm not saying that I think the stolen bases are gonna skyrocket, but I think they'll be up. I think the guys who run already are gonna like if you hit if you if you run and you're stealing 10 bags a year right now, you could increase that to 15 to 20 bags. Just because you're going to run a little bit more, not a ton more, but you're going to take a couple more risks in some situations where you're thinking, Hey, I could probably get this bag, but I don't think it'll skyrocket. Yeah. I really don't.
0: Even like a first to third situation. Does that impact that?
1: Uh, Maybe a little bit, but not, not astronomically. Like, like Oh, base hits the right field.
0: The bases are bigger. (laughs) Get here. <laughs> Just to clarify right, one thing, right. I did say that the first baseman has an extra four and a half inches. No, he only has an extra three inches on the base. I said four and a half and I was running that through my head. Maybe I didn't, but it, running it through my head, I was like, I think I said the first baseman is four and a half inches. No, he only has three he inches. Did. Um, yeah. but either way, um, do, do we have a, an effect here? I, I know that this article here talks about the effect and the tests that they have. Uh, I actually don't see. The effect that it had on base running. One one of the things I read in a different article that I'm not that I'm not referencing right now um, said that base related injuries went down by like sixteen percent, thirteen percent, something like that. And so I was like, yeah, okay, that's fair. I want to know your numbers of like how often people run. You know what I mean? It has been yeah. impacted. The stolen base attempts in 97, this was one of the graphs that Theo put up, was 2.15 stolen base attempts per game. In 2022, it's down to 1.35. I still will be surprised if it gets back to 2.15. So let's just go to that. 2.15 stolen base attempts per game. I don't think we'll get back to there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one.
0: But we'll see, they, and you know what? It, yeah. And it might take a couple years. They might have to see the stolen base percentage, like the the success rate, increase significantly. And actually, I'll I'll actually segue that. We'll go to pitch timer next because the pitch timer is interesting, and it's oh pitch clock, right? They're calling it pitch timer. There's a pitch clock now. I hate that. Um, I don't. It, it's a, it's one that I'll adapt to, and it's fine. I just don't like a a clock being in baseball. That's one of the cool things is that we don't have a clock. And like you've Mm -hmm. now that one's gone. We now have a clock. You still can't. Let's like they always say like you can't run out of time in baseball. If you're down 20 runs in the bottom of the ninth, technically you can come back. There is no two minute warning. There is no I ran out of time. It's literally like you run out of outs and that's it. But now there is an element of if I run out of time, I get a ball or a strike called. And so technically you can run out of time. Yep. Because you could have three strikeouts. (laughs) (laughs) Technically you can run out of time. So let's go through the pitch time here. I mean, the bases is a pretty simple one. And actually the players voted in favor of the bases. They, they were like, I don't don't care about this. This is, this is a non-issue to me. And I think that, until things change it will continue to be a non issue it'll be a, a strictly safety issue yeah it's not going to have any cuz cuz the players don't even feel like it's going to impact their their gameplay at all so until the players are convinced it's not going to change anything yeah that's fair so yeah, that. the pitch timer is a pace of play thing i i do i do kind of like the first thing i see in in these graphs i see this one that says game time in in 1997 was two hours and 56 minutes for the average game time. And it's three hours and seven minutes. So it's an 11 minute increase, which when it's all said and done is like, well, it's 11 minutes, right? It's not about the game time. The game time will get quicker and that's fair. It's about pace of play. Yeah, that's what it's more about. It's more about action. I don't care if the game goes four hours. If it's action packed, literally, I don't care. Right. All right. So between hitters, there is a 30-second timer. I don't know exactly when that timer starts because, like, there's things that need to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, whether you're throwing the ball around or or you're, the guy gets the second and there's a timeout and he's running back to the first base and he's giving him his batting gloves and his shin guards and his elbow pads and his wrist pads and his necklace and his birth certificate, and all those things. and
1: (laughs) Got to get his oven mitt
0: on. Got to get his oven mitt on. He's got (laughs) to drop his phone. He's, oh, shoot, put the (laughs) phone back in. I can't do that. He's got to all these things, but then the pitcher has to go, and he's got to say, this ball gave up a double. Give me a new stinking ball. This one sucks. And then they throw a new ball out, and he's like, this one's terrible. too." Like, you got 30 seconds to fit all this in. Yeah. Not to mention, the catcher was on deck with two outs, so now he's taking his shin pads off in the on-deck circle so he can go hit. Obviously, this is a very ridiculous situation, and at the bottom Mm -hmm. of this, there is something that says that umpires may provide extra time if warranted by special circumstances. If, example, a catcher were to be thrown out on the bases to end the previous half inning and needed additional time to put on his catching gear, the umpire could allow it. Or if Albert Pujols hits home run number 700 and he wants to do a tip at a cap and everybody wants to cheer and they want to congratulate him, they're going to allow for more than 30 seconds. Yeah. So here we go again. We've got bent rules already. But anyway, 30 second timer in between hitters. In between pitches, it's a 15 second timer, which by the way, the minor leagues tested all these numbers they're going to talk about, minor leagues, they tested with a different time. It was 14 seconds. <laughs> so it's a one-second difference. <laughs> and with with the bases empty, it's a 15-second timer. With runners on, it's a 20-second timer. In the minors, it was 19. And these guys were like, we want that one extra second. <laughs> so they're giving them a little bit of time. Um, yeah. It, it says at last check, according to this article, the pitch timer had reduced the average time of game in minor leagues by 26 minutes. So we're trying to make up for 11 minutes and we're really just, we've gone too far.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Already. Well, they were doing with a 14 second, not 15 seconds. So 24 minutes, 23, you know what I mean? I guess that adds up after a while, a couple hundred pitches, you know what I mean? So anyway... Um there's a caveat to this rule. This rule includes and this is what the players' problem was. Because I think a lot of players are kind of like, Yeah, we're okay with the pitch timer. We dealt with it in the minors. We a lot of these guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of them that say, Yeah, I'm kind of okay with it. They can't stand the 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 human uh rain delay like Eric Bedard. Do you remember how slow that guy worked? Oh, it was terrible to watch him pitch.
1: Yeah. I, we had another one that was bad, too, but it was a Maholm?
0: I don't know if Maholm was, was no, I because I, that was the same time frame. I think that's what you're thinking of is just Bedard. But there might have been another guy, but I don't think it was because yeah, that's like another lefty that was kind of, yeah. Maybe Maholm was slow, though. But either way, it includes a limit on throws to first base, which was another rule they were talking one. about, and they lumped it in with this one. And now this war rule did increase stolen base attempts.
1: Absolutely.
0: From 2.23 steals per steal attempts per game in 2019. This is in the minors, so that number is a little bit higher in the minors than stolen base attempts. It is definitely higher in the minors. Yeah. 2.23 in 2019 and a 68 success rate. 68% success rate. There we go back to success rates. And then 2.83 with a 77% success rate. So they're going to be running wild in the minor leagues. I still don't yeah. think that that I mean, like those numbers, the, the two point eight three. That I mean, that's that's a high number considering, you know, you're you're looking at a much different baseline because they run a lot more in the minor leagues. So here we go with some of these rules. The pitcher must begin his motion to deliver the pitch before the expiration of the pitch timer. Well, that seems like the most obvious rule. I probably didn't even need to read that one. <laughs> but pitchers who violate the timer are charged with an automatic ball. This is one of the things that I really disagree with, but you have to put some kind of penalty on it. Right. And I just think it's like, you didn't really speed up the game because now the umpires can say, time, 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 time. He ran out of time. That's a ball. That took the same amount of time as letting him throw the pitch. <laughs> yeah. So, but it will probably limit the, the amount of times that that gets to that point. Batters also need to be in the box and alert to the pitcher by the 8 second mark and if they're not it's an automatic strike
1: so weird
0: so weird just phantom balls and strikes being added but once again i'm not like i'm not going to be like stubborn about it i want to see it play out the inception of it i think that's weird with yeah. runners on base the timer resets if the pitcher attempts a pickoff this is why they had to include the limit or else he could just keep stepping off which would really slow down the game right so pitchers are limited to two what they're calling disengagements which is pickoff attempts or step offs or mound visits or injury timeouts um, no 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 they don't count as a disengagement the the clock right. will restart but they don't count as one of those disengagements right so right. that that's the difference okay so that's per plate appearance. It's the limit is reset if a guy steals second. Then it starts over. He's got two more. So, or it says if a, a runner or runners advance. So anytime there's a runner advancing, then you reset that that two disengagement limit. Because it's in the same plate appearance. They have to call that out. If a third pickoff attempt is made, the runner automatically advances one base. If the pickoff attempt is not successful. So if you pick him off on the third try, you get him. If you miss him, he gets to stand up and go to second. <laughs> That's wild. And what is that ruled? Is that a stolen base? Is that going into that 77% success rate?
1: It's got to go into a balk.
0: Yeah, it's got to. But if you pick him off, you get it. It's like a gamble. But with a timer, now the runner says he has to pitch. I can I can leave early. You know what I mean? Because I know when it gets so, down to two, down to one, he's not throwing over here. He's got to go home. I'm going to be able to get second easy because I've got a huge lead on this. Yeah. Because he's already at that point. If he gets down to two seconds, he's committed to throw home unless he's making a huge gamble to say, I'm going to wait till one second and throw a pickoff move. You know what I mean? Like there's some... That's that interesting. That makes it a little bit interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I didn't catch that when I was... Reading through these real quick. Mm.
0: That mm. makes it kind of intriguing to me. There's another game yeah. within the game, yeah. which is what baseball's good at, the game within the game. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: it's, yeah. Okay,
0: so if yeah, a team has going. used up all five of its allotted mound visits prior to the ninth inning, that team will receive an additional mound visit in the ninth. This effectively serves as an additional disengagement. So, like in the ninth, you're allowed another mound visit, so that you, so that it, when the game's on the line, you you're gonna give him the ability to have another disengagement, I yeah. guess. So, because that's what they're saying. Ninth inning, you're gonna mess with things when I'm trying to throw pickoff moves to try to get a guy when the game's on the line, and you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, we talked about the the minors and all that stuff. So moving on, defensive shift limits. So the pitch clock's going to be interesting to see, right?
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that plays out.
0: So defensive shift limits are four infielders must be within the outer boundary of the infield when the pitcher is on the rubber, not throwing a pitch, within the outer boundary of the infield. Okay, infielders may not switch sides. In other words, a team cannot reposition its best defender on the left side of the infield if the batter is more likely to hit the ball. Or... Reposition its best defender on the side of the infield. The batter is more likely to hit the ball. So, like, you can't say like, "Well, we got one guy like shortstop and second. This guy's better." So we're just whatever the guy's likely to hit it. We're going to keep switching them. And can't do that. Which is interesting that that even came up because I don't think that's ever happened.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I we were talking about this earlier, and I think it has to do with the third baseman going over to the other side. Yeah, but but that would
0: be with three guys there. Right. Right. And if the infielders are not aligned properly at the time of the pitch, the offense can choose an automatic ball or the result of the play. What?
1: So if he grounds out to second base, you can be like, "Nah, nah, he was out of position. That was that's a ball."
0: That is the penalty, not like an error because he was out of position. Not a um, what what did, what did we say before? Um, not an error, but
1: like a uh like a catcher's interference type thing. Yeah, maybe like
0: a catcher's interference type thing, you know, illegal, I don't know. I this is going to be interesting and I and I have a feeling this gets changed. Yeah. Once again, you're creating something that's going to slow down the game. In my opinion, if he's out of position, he can't be the first one to touch the ball. And I and I likened this football season started guys, when a receiver <laughs> goes out of bounds and comes back in, he can't catch the ball. Or it's an illegal touch or whatever they call it. Now, if another guy catches the ball and then laterals it to him, he's okay because he wasn't the first one to touch the ball. I think that's what this is. If you hit a ball to second base and the second baseman's out of position, dead ball, he gets first base. You were out of position. Yeah. Just call it dead right there. If the ball goes to the shortstop, well, it didn't even impact the play. Let's keep the game moving. Apparently, that's not the way they went. Um, The rule does not preclude a team from positioning an outfielder in the infield or in shallow outfield, but it does prohibit four outfielder alignments. So the biggest thing is, is they have to have a minimum of four players on the infield. So you can't have a guy in the outfield period. And and that's within the outfit. Like he can't even just be playing in the grass. Right. Uh, with at least two infielders completely on either side of second base. Um. They're intended to increase batting average on balls in play. They did this and to allow infielders to showcase their athleticism to range better, I think is their thing, which is kind of a good point. We've seen Mike Moustakis and Max Muncy and these guys playing second base who are typically corner infielders yeah. and they're, they don't have to range because they, you know, the shift. But anyway, they said at the time of writing this, the batting average on balls of play in the minor leagues uh was 291 which is 6 points lower than 2012 and 10 points lower oh no no this is this is in the MLB 291 batting average on balls in play is the average which i mean they typically say like it's right around 300 it's actually around 290 so if a guy is struggling and he's hitting 212 batting average on balls in play you you might say well eh, he'll he'll fare better than that if he's on fire and his batting average on balls and plays is 360, then you typically say, he's getting pretty lucky. Unless yeah. you're hitting with a lot of high velos. Then you you're, you break that curve yourself because you create more opportunities for that ball to land. Pretty interesting. So we have a couple numbers here. Comparing 1997 to 2022. 4.77 runs per game in 97. Remember, this is the 11-minute shorter. 4.3 runs per game. Now, we're actually scoring less runs yeah. right now. The batting average 267 in 97, right now it's 243 league average. Double percentages, triple percentages are down. Strikeout percentages and home run percentages are up. But home runs went from 2.6 to 2.8. That's it. Percent I That'd be a little higher. Uh-huh. And the strikeout percent uh,
1: went steroid era too.
0: <laughs> true. And the strikeout rate is 17.1 to 22.3, which is huge.
1: Yeah, it's big.
0: So, interesting. These have effects on on all of these things, right? So, I don't know. To me, it's interesting. I'm here for it. We kind of knew they were coming. Yeah. These three in particular. We didn't think that automated strike system was, ball strike system was going to make it. As a matter of fact, they even mentioned in here it hasn't even made it to this committee. It's not there yet. There's a lot they've got to work out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not going well. But
1: right. Yeah, I mean, that's tough.
0: Yeah. They so, put those
1: things up on TV and they're not always accurate.
0: No, and there has to be some they have to be doing something different than that. It has to adjust per hitter because the batting mm-hmm. because the strike zone adjusts per hitter. So if they're not adjusting per hitter, then they're not accurate. Right. So, I, you know, I... But anyway, as far as these things, I don't care about the larger bases. It is what it is. I think when when you look at them side to side, you're like, oh, my goodness. Otherwise, you're not going to notice a difference. Yeah. When they're on the field, you're not going to notice a difference. The shifts, I think it could have been done differently. I think it will continue to evolve. Yeah. I just think when you see... You know, when you see it in in Major League Baseball, I think it will continue to evolve. Um, Specifically, the you get to choose what it is. So, I I think the only thing, the only reason they're doing that is because they might. Let's say it was a strike or a ground out, and they say no, 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 no. He was off off sides. (laughs) He was out of position. Then you know you might say no, no, no. I want to go back to hit, dude you're you're also hurting your game time
1: (laughs) yeah big time
0: big time because now what do you have another 30 seconds or does he have to sprint in there because he only has he has to be there within well it's if nobody's on base he's got 15 that means he has seven seconds to get in the box and be alert (laughs) because the batter has to be there by eight seconds or else you got a ball and a strike
1: (laughs) well and this is the and this is the loophole that the umpire can allow uh, for more time
0: that's a good point here i am yep yeah. Okay. Okay. So th- those are the rules. I, we probably could talk about this a little more, but I want to move on to the next thing. Cause we, we were talking about our predictions and, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of thought about it and I was like, we do this at the end of the year, but it is kind of interesting to look at it and say, how do you feel now? And we've done this with our standings, but that's it. Yeah. So I want to go through those. What's that? Not good. Not good. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Don't feel good about it. Don't feel good about (laughs) any of them. Actually, there's a few of them I think you could feel good about. Um, How about, uh, let's go through those standings real quick. And we'll start with the American League because I think it's easier. We both picked Toronto to win. A lot of people (laughs) gave them really good odds to win the World Series. So I don't feel bad about that. Um, Not to mention, Steamer picked Toronto too. Yeah. How do you feel about that? They're five games back right now. They're in third place.
1: They're not winning the East.
0: Okay. I think they won't win it as well. AL Central, we both picked the White Sox. They're in second, a game and a half behind Cleveland.
1: Still feel all right about that one.
0: I think they can still pull it off, but Cleveland against all odds right now. You know what I mean? Like they've just, they kind of got a thing going right now. They're not hitting yeah. home runs. They're one of the least powerful teams in baseball. But, man, they can pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're, like, second to last in, in team home runs um, and winning games by doing it, which kind of proves that this is not a only power sport. Power is not the only way to win in baseball today. Yeah. And and anybody who says it is, they're just wrong because they're Cleveland's proven it. I mean, kind of. It's a trash division, and they're – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The teams are better than they're playing, I think, in some situations, but like, we, our division's bad too. And did the Central, I mean, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> our division's worse, except our top teams are better, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we have more yeah. like our bottom three are the worst bottom three in all of baseball, in my opinion. Anyway, um, AL West, we actually had a disagreement. And I've got the third place Angels and you've got the fourth place Rangers who are 28 and 29 and a half games out already eliminated. And that was the same division that we both said, I'm going to be wrong. Yeah. But I just have a feeling. And L.A. started off real good for me. And then, (laughs) I mean, I can't believe they made it to 28 and a half games behind. I can't believe they made it that far down. Then they it's have like a huge, man. like huge winning streak. Yeah. Terrible. Wild card. Uh, we were close. We both had Boston in the wild card, though. Of course, so did Steamer. And then I had Houston, and you had the Angels there. You had Houston completely missing the playoffs. I did. And you feel I, good about that? I yeah. But it, I did not. <laughs> oh, boy. So oh, we both I, had I, New York. Yankees, then Boston, and then you had the Angels and I had the Astros. Um, and currently, it's Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Seattle. So, we're we're all the way off. We're all the way off. Yeah. All the way. But, but we had Toronto winning a division, though. So, that, you know, not that far off. And New York, we had as the number one wild card, barely behind Toronto. And it's just the opposite, except Tampa Bay's in the mix as well. And I wanted Seattle to be there but I was not going to do that. That's all. <laughs> and Seattle's five games up. They're pretty comfortable that those are going to be the teams. Yeah. That's not a guarantee, but pretty comfortable. Which right. means that Central race is really tight. That game and a half between the White Sox and, and, and Guardians, that's a good one. That's a good one to watch. Mm-hmm. Man, the Guardians can pitch. Anyway, uh, NL, we both picked Atlanta, and they were like in first all week until now. So now they're a half game behind the Mets. The Mets being also, uh, we both picked them as the number one wildcard spot. So we're not surprised with this situation. Right. Uh, We both picked the Dodgers. Well, they have a 19 game lead. They've already clinched their spot in the playoffs, and they only have to win two more games the rest of the year in order to win the division. So I think we locked that one in. Uh, We both picked Milwaukee and then St. Louis and then we're a little bit different there. You had Pittsburgh ahead of Chicago, Cincinnati in third. It is Chicago, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh to to bottom it out. St. Louis is up 8 games right now. I think they've I think they'll take care of this and we'll we'll miss that as well. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay. World Series pick, you picked the dot. Oh, no, we got wild cards. We both picked Mets, Padres, Phillies. I mean this to me was easier. It's literally Atlanta Phillies and Padres. And as of as of like yesterday morning, like after Friday's games, it was literally Mets Padres Phillies. Like in I that I think it's okay. In that, that I order. think
1: it's okay. That we were way worse at picking the American
0: League. Yeah. I mean that makes sense a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, here's a good one. Pirates record. This is always a, the hot one because you picked the Pirates on here to win 77 games. Now, I sure did. I'm pretty sure in May you were like, oh, "I made a mistake." <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, just to say as of Thursday, that's impossible. <laughs> it's already gone. And I picked them to win 70, which I thought was kind of a modest pick. And they had they would have to go 19 and 4 the rest of the way out to get to that number. <laughs> They're going to lose 100 games. Yeah. It's going to be hard not to. I'm pretty sure they have to go like 12 and 11 not to lose 100 games.
1: We got some tough games coming up.
0: Yeah, we got a tough schedule. They're losing 100 games. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is this team, when you look at the paper, they're still better than last year's team.
1: I agree with that.
0: Batting average is not. So, like, you know what I mean? When you look at those kind of things, but, like, power's way up. Mm-hmm. Pitching, I feel like, has been better. Bullpen is not. No. But starting pitching has been better. So, like, it's weird. I'd have to look at the actual numbers to see, like, where they actually line up. But, like, you think of, like, some of the games, you know what I mean? I yeah. Quintana was better than Tyler Anderson. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, and that's kind of where you're, you know, that if you make that comp. Anyway, Um, I think that goes without saying. We did mild and wild predictions. We've got some time, and I'm having some fun. Um, And I actually went back and listened to this, okay? And that's important because I will say that there were some things that we said that will make this. uh, I had a mild prediction that Mason Martin would make his MLB debut, and I said not till September as like a September call-up possibly, but I thought that he would get his first show homer if he got called up. This is not happening. No. But, you know, I had a really big miss here. Colt Tucker doubles his career home runs, (laughs) games played, all these things. A huge miss. And the funniest part about it is I put it under mild. I was convinced (laughs) enough from what I saw in spring training that he was going to strike the ball. No, I was wrong. Real bad. A lot of people can say, like, told you. That's fine. I saw what I saw, and I just made a pick, and I was wrong. And that's fair. I'm, I'm okay with being wrong. Um, O'Neal Cruz has 14 homers and your mild predictions was that he would hit 20 plus. I'll go with 20 or more. You think he can do this? That's still six home runs.
1: I think it's possible. I don't you think s- he'll do it.
0: Yeah. You started this on your wild predictions and then you moved it to mild because Steamer actually had him at 20 home runs.
1: Well, uh, yeah. And I I thought he was going to get caught up sooner.
0: And that's what you said is they they also have him playing all year. And you said I don't think he'll get enough at-bats to do it, so you wanted it on your wild, but you still ended up it still ended up kind of on that teeter-totter, but you said he 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 may not get the at-bats for it. And that's yeah. probably what it's going to happen. Um I said that we will see 6 MLB debuts this season. <laughs> We've already <laughs> doubled that and we already know there's going to be another one this week. Yeah. And I put that under mild because I said, and I, I said this in the episode, there's like 15 guys that have a shot plus others. And so I just said six was my number because I thought that would be easy. So then uh, you have a couple. Roanzi Contreras is in the rotation before season's end. That's already true. Good job.
1: Yeah.
0: And Miguel Yajore is also in the rotation by season's end, which is a little gray. He is on the team.
1: Yeah, but he's not. He's not going to make get in the rotation.
0: He's going to get starts. <laughs> that you know what I mean. That kind of makes it yeah. interesting. Is that considered in the rotation? Not to what you were saying, but interesting. So then we did wild, and the reason that you moved O'Neill Cruz up is because we significant like we we called it out and said these are things that we do not think will happen. Like specifically, I said. I do not think these things will happen. That's what makes them wild. But I thought that they could. You know what I mean? It's like, I think it can. I don't think it will. And these are the ones yeah. we had. I said Nick Gonzalez makes his debut in the fall. That's, that's not going to happen. The injuries completely killed any of that, not to mention a series of other things. But I thought that it probably wasn't going to happen. You said Mitch right. Keller was going to win 15 games. He's 5 He's and got 10. He
1: 15 decisions
0: he's got 15 decisions <laughs> I said that Mitch Keller would strike out 200 batters and like I said this is one I did and I even said on the on the episode by the way that I think it's more like 150 if he pitches good well it's 115 so <laughs> <laughs> and I said I thought that he has the potential to be around 150 without injuries or something like that it's not yeah. happening certainly not 200 I don't even think 150 happens. I also said that someone on the Pirates will throw a complete game. And my quote was, I really don't think this will happen. (laughs) And I really still do not think that this will happen. No. But the last one that I had on there, and you did not contribute very much to the the wild. Um, The Pirates do not finish dead last in home runs this season. They would have needed an extra 21 home runs last year to not finish last. They hit 124 homers in 21. The next team was at 144. <laughs> they currently sit at 19th with 137. So they're certainly not going to finish dead last. Right. And and there I said, Detroit has 88. Cleveland only has 108. And then the third worst is Oakland and Washington tied for 119 and KC with 120. But KC has legit prospects hitting bombs. That was a that was the hodgepodge thing. Remember?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, those are our predictions. Most of them will not happen. We did get a couple of them there.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm okay That's with a couple of them. And- yeah, it is fun to look back because it does let you know that like predictions are what they are. They've got to play the games.
1: Yeah.
0: Injuries can absolutely wreck predictions. Um, you know, a team just not playing to their ability or the Yankees as good as they were at the beginning of the year. We didn't expect that. And right, had they not right. done that, Toronto's probably in a much better spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, just all those little things, like, y- you just take a wild guess and it is what it is and it's most of the time not going to be true. You know what I mean? That's just the way it goes. Yeah there are easier buttons to to push i think we tried to we didn't really try for any layups
1: no no we went out a little bit on limbs
0: so anyway uh this week eight games we've got a makeup game from april against the reds on tuesday but we've got monday tuesday wednesday four games against the reds which means we get day baseball two days in a row because 12:35 start for tuesday and wednesday and then Thursday Roberto Clemente Day, September 15th, and that is going to be mm-hmm. not in Pittsburgh. Just give me just give me Roberto Clemente Day in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Come on. Every year. Every year they should be home right then. Yep. Anyway, we'll be in New York playing the Mets for 4 games, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we have a day off, but 8 games a week, 7 days. If you want to salvage anything here, I feel like the Pirates were in all those games against the Cardinals. Mhm. They should have won all 3 games. Yeah. Um upsetting late inning stuff.
1: Right. bullpen just I not I think getting the job done. I
0: think if you split the doubleheader on Tuesday, you've got to flank those with wins. You should win 3 out of 4 against Cincinnati and Cincinnati. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. O'Neal Cruz might hit a ball all the way to Kentucky. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Honestly, though, it won't happen, but uh-huh. I feel like if you go out there, like you're behind them in the standings. What are the standings? How far are we behind? Yep. Behind the Reds, we are, oh, geez, no, we're way behind them. Like five games, six, five five and a half games. Five and a half games behind them. So you can't like pass them up to not be last. You know what I mean? You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You have more games against them, but you should put a dent in that. Yeah. And go out there and play with some sort of purpose, not just, uh, yeah, I mean, this season's a wash, so, you know, what do you do? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you still go out there and compete. That's what you do.
0: Yeah, find a way to go out there and compete and take three or four from the Reds. But you know how I say very conservative uh, predictor here. Anytime there's a doubleheader, you split it. A four-game series or a two-game series, you split it. Yeah. And then another four-game series against the Mets, who are fighting for postseason, go there and play spoiler.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah.
0: We just played them and won the first game and then got swept at a doubleheader on the rainout stuff. Go out there and if, deal. If Keller's going to throw nothing, one of those games.
1: If nothing else, help us get that prediction right.
0: <laughs> which, which one?
1: Atlanta winning the division. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's funny. Uh, you know, I just think they're playing good right now. If they can stay hot and maybe split this week, I feel okay about splitting this week. Yeah. You do have a week coming up where you have seven games against the Cubs and the Reds. Again, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then six against the Cardinals. So <laughs> do some damage against teams you're supposed to do damage. Go out of this season saying let's play a little bit of like motivated baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that would be uh, I think that would be a good thing to do. Says the fan. Yep. As if the players are not going to. They're going to. That's their Absolutely. plan. But yeah. but I just want to see it happen. Yeah. All right. That's all we've got for this week. Um, I know it was jam-packed and we just flew through a ton of stuff, but I think that's how we do things, right? Sometimes. Yeah. So next week, yeah. um, it's going to be interesting. Jake, you're not going to be here next week.
1: I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to have everything up, up and running by the time we're ready to record. So.
0: Okay. So I'll either have someone or we'll figure something out yeah hit me up if you want to be on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) also though hit us up on the rule change stuff if you have any if you have any stuff I'd like to hear from you yeah All right, guys let's go Bucks
1: happy birthday Ashley
0: happy birthday Ashley
1: my wife's wife's birthday yep
0: that's right the 12th alright man let's go Bucks
1: Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks.